Everybody. Welcome to episode two of Oaktown Boys. Today we'll be recapping the June 7th to June 13th week of Oakland A's baseball. And what a week it was, Dan. Yeah, I mean, what a difference a, what a, difference a week makes. I uh, feel like a brand new guy. <laughs> They're, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to watch them, and they've been honestly killing it. They dropped game one of the Royals, which is a little bit disappointing. But man, they really gave it to them. I may point out. I predicted they would sweep the D-backs and win three or four against the Royals, and lo and behold, they did just that. They went five and one, which was wonderful. It was a treat to watch, and it just like it makes your it makes your day better, you know. Like you, it's like a it's like a it's not even. I was gonna say it's like a cup of coffee, but it's like something better than a cup of coffee, you know. It's like uh, sustains you all day. Um, but yeah, it was a good week. I thought I said they were gonna go four and two. I'm pleasantly. Incorrect. Um, and, I mean, speaking of predictions, you are two for two. You were two for two this week. You're, you you hit the record on the head, and you had another prediction that also came true. Matty Chap Chap has hit a home run. And he, and man, are we happy about that. That was, uh, it wasn't the longest cold stretch of all time, but it was a cold stretch. It was much needed. It had been since May Fifth, I believe it was. It Which was is tough. Oh wow. That sucks. Um, I, as we covered, totally got the record prediction wrong, but my other prediction was that they were gonna shut someone out, and they shut out the D backs in game two for nothing. So in terms of uh those predictions, two for two. So you're I mean two for two overall. You're you you're you're one for one in the record prediction column and one for one in your otherwise prediction column. <laughs> so I mean it might be you know, it might be worth something worth keeping track of. I think we might have to keep ta- uh, yeah. you know, keep track of it. Yeah, you're Maybe one. A, you're one for one. I'm a leader. Oh, and one and one for one. So I've uh, got some gun to make up, which is uh, okay. I think I can probably do that, but we'll see. Um. Anyway, on to the first thing that we're talking about today. That's right. <laughs> we're talking about the ace of the rotation. What does that mean? Well, it's purely opinion, really. So, what do you think it means, Dan? Um, you know, I mean, I think being able to, uh, my, the man, one of the biggest things for me, and I don't even think it may be like the most important quantifier of what's an ace, but like, uh, either being able to stop a losing streak or prevent something from turning into a losing streak. You know, I mean, say you've lost three in a row, offenses look a little bit listless, you know, you're looking for someone to kind of give you a spark, turn things around. And, you know, a guy that can go out there and put put up zeros for seven or eight innings, that is a good way to make sure that a team doesn't lose a lot of games in a row. And we have a lot of guys that are pitching like that right now. But um, that's that's one thing to me. The two biggest things for me are that, being able to win a, you know, being able to step up in in the midst of losing and win. Or at least give us a chance to win. And also limiting damage within a game. You know, like having, uh, if you have a bad third inning, having it be like two runs instead of like five runs or six runs. You know, like if you, if the first two guys in an inning get on, finding a way to have that be one run, you know, like, or maybe nothing, maybe none, ideally none, but one at worst. And then 
getting back on track quickly, sitting people down. And uh, just, you know, I those are, those are two big things I look for. And I, when I notice, that's when I notice that guys are turning a corner a little bit. When they're starting to do stuff like that, you start to see, like, oh, they're, they're pitching now. They're, like, pitching, pitching now. Yeah. I agree with all that. I just keep thinking that an ace is the guy you need on the mound when you have to win. It's do or die. If you lose, you die. <laughs> and you don't want to die. So, yeah, I mean, they, they're going to get it done. No matter how that happens, it might get a little ugly. They might get a little bloody. You don't know. But the A's haven't had that guy for a while. We saw a flash of it last season. Chris Bassett in the postseason. A's had their back against the wall against the White Sox after they lost game one. And he absolutely dealt. And he dealt. They needed it so bad. It was amazing. And it is ugly sometimes, and it, people have gotten bloody. So, checks out. My ace is James Caprillion. All right. And I am honestly beside myself with how good he's been. Like, he is basically all we have left from the Sunday Gray trade, right? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, it's not... We, I, I It was... It was him. Who, who was did we get for Jorge Mateo? Did we him. get Austin Allen, maybe? We might have. I'm not I think, sure. I think possibly Austin Allen. Um, but regardless, um, to have James Caprillion finally show the potential. And it is like, he's not just like flashing it. It's like fully on display. Like it is, it seems like as long as he can stay healthy, he is, he's flashing top of the rotation stuff. You know, like he is a, Pitching incredibly well, and um, after everything that he went through, after all the injuries that he had to deal with, and I mean, he's, uh, you know, the guy's 27, he's not a young man anymore, and you know, he was a highly touted prospect, and so to have to wait till you're 26, 27 to finally get your shot, and to pitch well when you do get it, it's just, you know, I love the stuff, um, and I love the story, which is, you know, a win-win. But he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's given us a chance to win every time he's been out there. He's limited damage. He's striking, striking people out. He's limiting base runners. He's making big pitches in big spots. Um, anything that you can want. You know, any, any question that you could ask of James Caprillion, he has an answer for right now. And uh, that's all we could have hoped for, for at any point from him, much less this year. So that's my guy, James Caprillion. It's my dude. He looked great in the game Saturday. I keep thinking of Tim Hudson when I look at him. Yeah, same bald head. I, I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, and they have they both have very strong jawlines. They have you know? that so called bulldog mentality. I mean, how many times have we seen Caprillion with the bases loaded now, and he gets out every time? Yeah, I think. Yeah, it seems maybe like all he, but once. He it seems like he has struck out a hundred percent of the guys he's faced with the bases loaded. It's great. I haven't looked that stat up, but believe me, it's true. It's quite refreshing it's to see from a rookie. And when he came up last year, I think he got knocked around for the few innings that he did pitch. So this is great. I didn't really expect it and i mean i he passes the eye test he looks like a guy out there he's a little funky yeah it's cool yeah it's got like a 10 mile an hour difference between his change and his fastball and i mean he is i i i i don't know even why i'm not even sure where the where the thought came from but i thought he was gonna have like control problems and he totally hasn't which is just man i hate walks so it's nice it's nice when the guy's not walking people well, Caprillion was certainly a runner-up for my ace of the conversation here, but I'm going to give it to Chris Bassett. He's the man with the golden trident, and he deserves it. He's got a 1.03 whip on the season. 
He's striking out 4.3 for every walk, which is, those are both the best marks in the starting staff. Shamanai has been doing great too, but he's not been doing as good as Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett's almost got 100 strikeouts now, only got 21 walks. Yeah, and I mean, I it's probably it's probably not as important as I think it is, but I just love a guy that's striking out more than a guy in inning. Yeah. And, and both of these guys fall into that category. Speaking of not as important as it is, or people think it is, wins, man. But it's cool to see he's got seven now. Yeah, and, and they deserve it. They're pitching. You know, I mean, it's nice. I As superficial as that stat is at this point and not representative, it's got to be nice for the pitchers to get the dubs. You know, I mean, it comes up in arbitration. You know that they get paid for it. So, it's good to see him get it. And it's going to make a major difference in the march to the All-Star game, which would be awesome to see multiple A's in for a change. <laughs> I love it when we get multiple A's in there. It's always so It awesome. is amazing. It is truly amazing when that type of thing happens. Um, and I think, yeah, we got a chance this year. I don't know, multiple... We could, probably get, we could get multiple pitchers. I don't know. I mean, we could. There's, we possible. definitely have good candidates. I mean, Petit kind of deserves it. I think someone with Yusmeri Petit is putting up has just he's just putting up bonkers numbers. I I he never has someone done more with less. He is just the man. He's the magician, and he continues to do it. Even, yes. Even when you think the magic might be over. Well, and also I think one of the secrets is he doesn't walk anyone. And no. if you're not going to walk anyone, that's. You know, it's a good place to start. That's walked a good five step one. Du- walked five dudes in 36 innings. Which is pretty good. His strikeout-to-walk ratio is 4.2. <laughs> On the offensive side of the ball, we're comparing somewhat of a miserable offensive stretch by the Oakland Athletics to what has been much better recently. Yeah, and so I... Between us in watching the game, the games, and um, kind of just decompressing afterwards, it seemed like there was a long, too long of a stretch of time where they were pressing, they weren't having good at-bats, they were swinging at everything. They were trying to hit home runs. Every single time. Religiously. And, you know, I mean, I trying to hit two run homers with nobody on base. I mean, it just... And it was ugly to watch. And wouldn't you know it, the stretch of baseball that we were talking about, which went from roughly April 25th to, like, May 20th, the numbers are not super great. They're pretty bad. And that makes sense because it was pretty tough to watch them hit for that period of time, if I'm going to be completely honest. So it's almost a little bit of a relief that these numbers are this gnarly because it was a major, major thumbs down. Nobody with really any anything impressive in terms of OPS. I mean, nothing over 1,000. Ramon was quite good, 880. But he was about it. He had eight home runs. Nobody else had more than four. Yeah, the people that, that come up. No, Mark Cannon had five. But Yeah, the guys that come up. And the only other people that put up OPSs above 800 were not playing full-time. So very small sample size. So it was, it, was, it was not good. It was not good times. Surprisingly, Chapman had a 370 on base. Yeah, which I mean, and I maybe not the entirety of the stretch. I wonder if he was just hot during the beginning of the stretch. Because at some he. There was badness during this time, and it doesn't seem to be borne out in numbers. He wasn't. He was striking out a lot. That's yeah, the only other thing he totally. did. Totally, but um, I mean, he's he kind of does strike out a lot, but you know, he takes good with the bad. Elvis Andres, in particular, five twenty two OPS. Five twenty two no OPS. Bueno. Ouch, 
Ouch. 209. Hey, 209. Batting average. <laughs> Shut up. Um, okay, so yeah, that was bad. Any way you cut that stretch of baseball, it was pretty bad. So, after that, we look at May 21st to right now. And let me tell you, it is a good time. Elvis all of a sudden, OPS 705. Which is... You know, not going to get him in the Hall of Fame, but way better than 520. <laughs> Much more palatable. 279 batting average. Which is great. You know, and I don't really like looking at batting average, but I will look at batting average for Elvis Andrus. You know, <laughs> I will, I'll lie to myself a little bit and I'll look at batting average, no problem. Um, and everything else, I mean, from there, it kind of is just good news, with the exception of Matt Chapman, who scuffled. Um, not like totally hopeless, but a 673 OPS. Which is not, but he's been getting a little bit hotter yeah, recently. Yeah, he's so, assuredly had a couple of good days. By the time we do this next week, he may be a little bit higher on this list. Yes. Um, and I mean, above Elvis, Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry had OPS plus a 742, which is, you know, kind of whatever. But during the previous stretch of baseball, it was 548. So I will take it. And Tony Kent, Mark Hanna have been up there excellent. the whole time. Tony Kent uh, through the good like stretch and the bad stretch. The so. Tony Kent thing seems like it's getting more and more legit by the day. But. I looked at him today. He's got a really fresh haircut, and he looks so good in the Kelly green. And I always think about how he can do like a backflip. <laughs> and I was just like, God damn, this guy is so athletic, and it's awesome. He is, and he's you know he's got a great eye. He did that. Jump over a dude sliding into second today on a force out ten in inning, and that was really sexy. Yeah, awesome, awesome. He's, like he is, he passes the eye test in a lot of ways. Honestly, I'm supposed to bring this up. My girlfriend Mackie was there for Tony Kemp when we weren't. We we've always liked Tony, but we presumed he'd continue to be more or less a league average baseball player. I thought he was a bench bat, and I you know it takes a lot. It takes a lot of talent to be a bench bat in the majors, so. I don't think I was being super disrespectful, but yeah, she's yeah, she's. Super and Mackie awesome. saw him make a couple of awesome plays, especially like that highlight of the year so far, where he f- practically flew through the air, <clears throat> laid out, made an amazing catch. Yeah. She's like, "This dude's amazing. Why are you guys not in love with this guy?" And it was really hard to argue every time. But in the back of my head, I was like, "But he's really not that good." S- seemingly since the first time we talked about <laughs> the fact that Mackie thought he was great. And we were like, she's not right. She has been right. She's right. From that day forward, she was right. Ramon Laureano was her first love on the A's. And she was obviously right about him. Yeah, that coincided pretty nicely with him breaking out, too. So, So yeah, Yeah, Tony Kemp, very good, it seems. And we may may need to work on a Mackie segment. Possibly Mackie is to thank. We may need to work on a Mackie segment, because Mackie has some insight that we clearly don't have. So, we'll see, though. We'll revisit that. Um, And, I mean, I really, again... The story of this stretch of baseball, the story of like every stretch of baseball for us right now is Matt Olson and the fact that he's just crushing. He's the creme de la creme. All these MVP conversations we've had throughout the years about what might be, they look a lot like this. Yes. I mean, he is, this is a full blown. I mean, I said it last week, I just just can't stop saying he's just, he's, it's like he's broken out already, but I mean, this is like a, he might put up, like, you know, Jason Giambi numbers. And at that point, you know, you're talking, yeah, he might win MVP. So, um, yeah, he's just been, you know, hitting a lot of home runs and <laughs> he, stuff. He was also having a hard time earlier in the season, and now, 
in the since May twenty first, he's got a three forty two batting average, four thirty on base, seven fifty slugging, making an OPS of one point one eight, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean he's his OPS is approaching one point two. Are you joking me? That's and. 13 strikeouts to 12 walks means he is playing baseball the way it's meant to be played. Yes. He's not to mention the eight home runs. So, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, you know what he's doing? He's not swinging at bad pitches. And when he swings at good pitches, he's absolutely crushing them, which is, you know, pretty cool. That's kind of what you want to be doing. He's more or less hitting the ball to all fields, especially for a a pole power hitter type lefty. He's crushing balls to center field more often than any other part of the field. Yes, he is. He's he's just, it's it's one of the most... Over 50% of the time. It's one of the most incredible stretches of baseball I've seen recently from anyone, which is awesome. Gosh, I hope we can keep him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I will... Agree to be a part of that contract and just donate several minutes of my day every day to his benefit. Yeah, whatever he needs me to do. A little laundry, you know, meal prep. Preferably something I can do remotely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll travel. I'll That's fine. I'll travel. I'll pay his discovery bill with his credit card, you know? <laughs> Balance his truck. That takes time. Um, he needs to practice. In line, this, whole, this whole thing is fueled by, like, their playing baseball the right way now they're hitting singles and doubles in addition to trying to hit home runs they are playing to the situation i feel like i've seen mark canna hit singles up the middle with runners on base more times in this last week than any other team has had anybody do that for them recently yeah and i mean they're they're walking a lot and i we're always going to, there's going to be a reliance on the long ball. That's kind of just like, I think that's a, that's an MO. That's kind of an Oakland MO almost, you know, it's like always has been, always will be a little bit, I think. And part that's of me loves it. It's a great MO. Um, get on base and, and then you hit dingers yes. and you'll probably win baseball games. But the get on base part is super, super important. And we were not doing that for a while. So sometimes you don't hit dingers. A solo either. homer, a solo homer down five, nothing doesn't really do you much. That's not a ra- A solo homer is not a rally. It's a home run. You know, so... Um, it's nice to see some dudes slapping the ball around like Elvis, man. Totally, and I think the... It should be said, he's not just slapping it. I mean, lately, he is hitting the ball with authority. He's roping it. Yeah, he's for sure roping it. And um, it's great. It is great to see. And he almost hit a home run. He doesn't have a home run yet this year, but he almost read Oppo to right center today. And it was a... He smoked it. He hit it really, really hard. So, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, the arrow is pointing directly up. For a lot of guys, pretty almost half everyone. The, half the team ha- has an exit velocity over ninety the last week. Yeah, that's. I mean, dude, Sky Bowl had a homer. He, I mean, that was tattooed. Yes, that's he crushed it. That. He crushed it. So you know, I yeah, I mean, I did you see Dallas Braden supposedly was like right behind him with I think the golden trident. He was like channeling his energy to Sky Bowl. And then he homered. Yeah. Way to go, Dallas. Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think you... The homer dependency is going to be there. But it works a lot better if you're doing the other parts of the game well. And you got to be... I think if you focus on doing the things that you can control well, then the other stuff works out. Yeah. Most of the time, at least. If you're good. If you're a good team, it works out. And we are a good team. So I think they just... 
you know, They're don't not... worry about hitting home runs. You guys are going to hit home runs. Just make contact. You're going to hit home runs. Yep. There are not a ton of good teams in baseball. There's a lot of teams trying to do the homer or nothing thing. But then you look at, like, the Dodgers and the Astros, and it's like, whoa, these teams are really good at baseball. It's because yeah. they're hitting everything yeah. in all sorts of ways. Yeah. And the A's have been doing a little bit more of that lately. Yeah, That's and if they great. can keep it up, they're going to be lethal. You know, they're a good team. They're I believe a very they good can team. do it. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, the next thing is... More doubles off the wall. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there have been, and there have been a good amount recently. Something about doubles off the wall really gets me. It's like rallying. Dude. Yeah, and I mean, it's you. That was that was what kind of started happening when Matty Chap Chap started turning the corner. He wasn't quite hitting dingers, but he was hitting lasers off the wall and. Lasers off the wall fairly quickly turn into homers, and they have done so. I can't believe so. I've held this in this long. Matt Chapman and Matt Olson finally hit a home run on the same day. Not only that, they did it two days in a row, so that was super cool to yes, see. Yes, absolutely. And, I mean, it's just one of those things that's like a uh, a cosmic sign <laughs> that, like, everything's going to be okay. I saw a stat. I believe it was the A's are 16-2 and two in the 18 games throughout their careers where they've home run in the same game. Home run. home run. I like new, home run. New ad. Yeah, we may have to work that new one verb. in. <laughs> new verb. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there are there are, there are are building blocks. There are cornerstones. There's cornerstones and there's possible holes. And are there trade opportunities to fill them? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Trevor it's... Story keeps coming up. Nelson Cruz has been mentioned. I like to bring up Kendall Graveman as a nice option. I think Kendall Graveman is an excellent idea. That's of the things that we've talked about. Kendall Graveman is like the best combination of would be really exciting and also makes a lot of sense. I mean, Trevor Story is the bell of the ball, right? He's the bell of the ball. Apparently, he hasn't been playing that well this year, which obviously is not that big a deal. And I also think he's probably not really enthusiastic to be a Rocky anymore. And it's got to be hard to like perform at your peak when you're in a tough situation you know as of right now i'd be kind of against trading out elvis for trevor story just because there's a lot of energy associated with elvis right now a lot of positive energy and i wonder if it'd be a little bit like that yoannis cespedes trade like oops just traded everyone's favorite guy that yeah i mean it's uh i don't know it's tough because Trevor Story's ceiling is so high. And you put Trevor Story in our lineups. And, and I mean, imagine almost, Trevor Story hitting between Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. I feel a little silly even saying that. But I guess that just goes to show you how well Elvis has been playing lately. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it is, it's, it's crazy that it's a thought. Because, you know, a month ago, there were, it wouldn't have even needed to be Trevor Story. It, would have, it could have been almost anyone else other than Elvis Andrus, the way he was hitting. Um, Either way, we could so. we could always put Elvis at second or something, give Jed a day off. Totally. It would be nice to have Trevor Story. What would we be willing to give up? I'm thinking, like, Austin Beck. Yeah, Austin totally Beck. Austin Beck. If anybody would be willing to take Totally him. Austin. You could take Austin Beck. Career 699 OPS and over 1,000 plate appearances in the minor leagues. Has yet to break above high A. And that's that kind of sucks. Just kind of a string of bad first-round picks by the A's there for a few years. Yeah, I mean, I... Kyler Murray... We've been talking about the Kyler Murray pick for a while. But I like the upside, honestly. 
So True. I mean, know. I don't disagree with the types of players they're drafting. No. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. AJ Puck, I don't... I, I don't want to pull the trigger on that yet, but it's getting to the point where it's a lot more of a an agreeable option. Well, and you just, like, you start to get into, like, what he's worth and the... <laughs> right now it's a headache. Yeah, well, and the... I don't know, man, just the... My growing concern over whether he's ever going to be able to start, like, 10 games, start ever, or if he's a bullpen, you know, I mean, it's... He has fallen pretty far from top of the rotation potential arm. You know, I mean, I don't... He could still be that, I guess, but I don't know how many people are still buying that. So if there's someone still buying it, and maybe it's the Rockies, and we can get Trevor Story for him... If they give us him, Then, great. But I don't... I don't know. I mean, I think... has an 11.37 earned run average right now in 10 games out of the bullpen. 12.2 12.2 innings. 18 Ks. And oh, gosh. Innings, so. 20 hits, 16 earned runs, 5 home runs, 6 walks. 18 Ks. 18 Ks. 18 Ks and 12, 12, 12 and 2 thirds. That's what I'm talking about. Nice. Focus on the strikeouts. Don't worry about anything else. We're good. A 2.05 foot. If I'm calling the Rockies, good. I'm saying he has K'd 18 people in 12 and 2 thirds innings. You don't do that unless you have top of the rotation stuff. Give us Trevor Story. See you later. We'll take Josh Fuentes too. Not good. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't been good. Not ideal. But, um, you know, I mean, we, we, the nice thing is we don't need anything right now. Adding anything would be, would be a luxury, which I'm down with. Starting to hear some cutthroat Ace fans say similar things about Lizardo. And it's like, okay. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I don't I, think I we need to worry that much about Lizardo yet. I disagree with that fully, but you know, it'll we be, can, it'll be really, he hasn't been great, but he's be still throwing hard. He's fine. So fun. great. If he was just an amazing as we have talked about, yes. but he's just not there yet. I think so we'll talk. Young. I think we'll talk about him in that capacity he's on so this young. podcast one day. But it's not right now. He's younger than we are, so I do think he's shown mostly yeah. good stuff out there throughout yeah. his time so far. Um. Anyway, I feel like we gotta just talk about Mark Hanna. Well, so wait first. Are we making a trade? What's our? I think we A's are gonna make a trade. Yes, right? A's are gonna make a trade. I think. If I had to bet money, I'd say kind of Graven. I think so, too. I think we trade for a bullpen piece. I do think Trevor's story is pretty realistic. I mean, as long as... If, like, the ceiling for the cost is an AJ puck and some prospect we've never heard of that may or may not be good, who knows? That's not that bad for a few months of Trevor's story. I, I think it's too much. I would rather not do puck, of course. But maybe, like, Austin Beck... Wanderson Charles or something. Yeah. I don't know. We don't have the most stacked farm system of all time, to be completely honest. I was looking at it today, and it looks better than I remember it. But, I mean, I... I don't think anyone else thinks it looks as good as those fans do. <laughs> but, uh... McAllen, baby! <laughs> Logan Davidson. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't... I think... We could trade. We will make a move. A, a Deekman. If I had to make a guess... Or Deekman, what's it, whatever his name is. We'll make a move, and it will not be Trevor Story. I don't think it's going to be Trevor Story. I think somebody that spends bigger than the A's is going to nab him, like the Yankees or... The Angels. The Angels. Yeah, I think we do Kendall Graveman yep. or something of the ilk. And I'm happy with that. I would like that. On to Mark Hanna. On to Mark Hanna. Um, 
First of all, I mean, in case you guys don't know, this is a Mark Canna podcast. It's a, we all have that, dude. It's a pro Mark Canna podcast. Um, and I just, you know, just like I, like I said, don't want to spend too much time on it because I, I mean, it's it's a pretty. He's probably the most successful World Five pick of all time. I don't, I don't have anything to back that up. <laughs> we should have done a little bit more research on that exact claim. Um, but we're claiming it. We're claiming it. Yeah, we're going for it. We're rolling the dice on that. Um, he's just been incredible, though. I mean, he's he's for a guy that was a Rule Five pick at one point. Just looking at his twenty nineteen. I mean, he's had some other good years too. He's in the midst of a great year right now, batting leadoff for us with an OBP of three seventy five, exactly like a leadoff hitter should. And leading the AL and runs at 49, just like a leadoff hitter should. But anyway. Holy cow. 2019. Um, 126 games. 26 bombs. 16 doubles. 80 runs. Uh, OPS of 913. OPS plus a 148. How is this guy ever a Rule 5 pick? That is a legit year. So that's the hallmark, and he's almost matching that this year. 139 OPS plus. Dude, he's well on his way. To, and, I mean, he's in a completely different role. He's really turned it on lately, too. He's in a completely different role. You know, he was not a leadoff hitter in 2019. He was a little bit further down the lineup hitting behind, you know, at the time, the dudes who were our studs. And he, you know, I just, I, he produces. The guy produces. It's interesting. I was trying to look back at, like, his stack cast trends. And he's been very consistent, like averaging about 90 miles per hour exit velocity off the bat year after year throughout his career. He actually had the hardest hit ball of his life his first year, 115 off the bat, 114 off the bat. Hasn't matched that since, which is kind of interesting. He had that hip surgery right around then too. So I wonder if, like, is he still just improving from that hip surgery? That could. Be I mean, hip surgery sounds like it sucks. So they they it's the same one Matt Chapman just got, and they've talked about how it's not not easy. Not a good time. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, um, we love Marcana. He's been everything that we've needed him to be, and so much more. It's great to see the people starting to love him. I heard recently there's some some analyst somewhere even said they'd put him in the All Star game as a starter right now. I agree like, that he's Whoa. been wildly valuable. This game as a starter, in and the he is game? the Oakland all time leader in hit by pitches. Not the A's leader, but the Oakland all time leader in hit by pitches, <laughs> which is awesome. Yes, very very cool. I Helps you on base percentage for sure. If you're not going to be a Hall of Famer, that's a pretty cool thing to be known for. Yeah, you got to you got to be first on I'll some list. I always remember that. Yeah, me too. And he's going to add to it, so it'll get more imprinted in our brains. Um, Maybe he will be a Hall of Famer. Go for it, Mark. He's got you know he's thirty two, played till forty. You can do it. Um, you eating you eating good, big league foodie. <laughs> he is. He is. He's a, he, he is. His Instagram is delicious. To live forever. Okay. Um. Anyway, how do you uh how you feeling about the coming week? I'm feeling pretty good. I need to look at the schedule real quick. So we Angels got... are never stress-free, so that's going to be that. Still no trout, which is good, but apparently they're hot as heck, so there's that. We'll see, and, and division stuff's always annoying. Yankees are, you know, old-school arch rival for the A's. They've, they've had epic battles throughout the year, so it's always fun to play the Yankees. There's a little bit... More something to those games. Yeah, Ben, for they're playing like duty right now, so hopefully they can keep that up. <laughs> Let us week. sweep you. Yeah, Yankees. so I'm gonna say, in terms of record, 
I'm going to stick with four and two. I'm going to go maybe two out of three, two out of three. So we just had Chris Bassett go twice. He's not going to pitch twice this next week. No. Maybe Sean is, I think. Yeah. And somebody else. Who goes after Sean? No, Sean's the only one going twice because Sean's going to pitch tomorrow and then he'll pitch Sunday. Oh, you're right. We have an off day. Yeah. So it's a Shamanaya week. That's interesting. Gotta, I love them all. Shamanaya at Yankee Stadium is a little scary, sort of. Oh, yeah, bad memories. Um, man. I hope we go 4 and 2. I think I will also predict 4 and 2. I hope we do better than 4 and 2. We'll see how it goes. I think Sean will definitely have at least one good start out of those two games. Tomorrow seems like a, a more likely chance. We shall see, though. Maybe the next step in his maturation is having a great start in Yankee Stadium. Um, okay, cool. Um, bold but, prediction for the week. Bold prediction for the week. We gotta be careful with this. This there's some power. We're one for one so far, so maybe everything we say is gonna come true. I know, so yeah, tread lightly. With great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben, Spider Man. Who's been bone dry lately? Let's see. It's last week. Anybody Shawnee Murph. Shawnee has been pretty bone dry. No home runs in the last week. <laughs> Batting 063. He's been bad. He's That's been my bad. prediction. I think Sean Murphy's going to hit a big Murph bomb. Big old Murph bomb? Big bull, big, big bull Murph bomb. All right. Well, I, <laughs> I've, I've been waiting on this. I've been waiting on it a long time. And I didn't want to jump the gun. I thought, about, I thought about doing it last week. And I'm glad I didn't because it didn't happen. But I think this week is the week. Elvis Andrews is hitting a home run. He happening. almost did it today. It's happening. I saw it. I was thinking bat. it was going to happen anyway because the exit velocity has been up and he's been squaring the ball up and he's been going opposite, oppo to right center. And I'm thinking this guy just needs a mistake and he just needs to swat it to left field. And he almost went to right center today in Oakland, which is no joke. So if he gets a hold of one and pulls it, for sure gone. No problem. Mm. Or if he hits the ball that he hit today in Yankee Stadium, out. Holy cow. We're really testing our power. So we'll see. We'll see. Mm. And coolest thing you saw this week. Coolest thing I saw this week. It's actually not what I saw, but what I listened to. If you don't listen to baseball games, you're missing out on an awesome side of the game. But I was listening to the Mets play the Padres, I think it was. J- Jacob deGrom playing a matinee game, pitching, hitting, doing everything. And it was one of the first full-capacity games at City Field. I think it was definitely the first one where DeGrom was pitching, so it was quite the event there. And he came up with runners on second and third, maybe. Definitely. And he maybe went into a two-strike count. Anyways, he hit a line drive single over the shortstop's head, and the place erupted. And the announcers were just going crazy. They were saying it was possibly the greatest hit of the Mets season so far. That was a cool moment. The dude is awesome. He's raking. I keep saying awesome, but well, but it's baseball's been so. When you're talking about Jacob Degrom, you can't say awesome too many times. Man, you know, there's you're under awesome. There are no words to what he's doing. I got too much Matt Olson on my mind. Um, but also, I mean, (laughs) to circle back earlier, we can totally wipe all of our descriptions 
of trying to describe what an ace is. The ace of the A's is a guy who's pitching the most like Jacob DeGrom for an extended period of time. You know, I think that's an easy way to encapsulate it. <laughs> New definition that is undeniable. The closest anybody's getting to Jacob What was that really fun stat you told me about negative? <laughs> okay, I, I may... The numbers may not be exactly right, but they're going to be pretty close. Um, I saw someone on Twitter, and if you happen to be listening to this, I'm sorry for plagiarizing you, but um, it was... The, well, the stat was... exactly right. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's my own version anyway. Um, if you take all... If you... Consider the runs that Jacob Degrom has knocked in, versus the runs that he's given up. His total ERA is negative like four point nine, no negative point four nine, negative point four nine, which is impressive. Until I looked down at the responses and someone said, "If you do this with Shohei Otani, it's negative five point two eight, which is bonkers." That boy be putting up um, runs. Coolest thing I saw this week. Um, Kind of a two-part thing, I guess. Or maybe like an extended coolest thing I saw this week. Uh, Carlos Rodon took a, took a no-no into the seventh. And Carlos Rodon is just arriving. Like, he was the number, number three pick. a little pick, late. Number three pick in 2014. <laughs> so, a while ago. Um, spent a couple years in the minors. Came up in 2017. Pitched not super great. And then got left shoulder surgery. Never really seemed to come back fully from... Shoulder surgery. Um, had some years where he struck people out pretty well, but nothing super dominant. I mean, if you look in here in, like, um, 2019, he had 46 people in 32 innings. It's okay. You know, that was kind of the best it got. Um, and then 2019, TJ. 2019 goes down to Tommy John. Comes back before this year. Um, first year of free agency. No longer arbitration eligible. Signs a one one year three million dollar basically prove it deal with the White Sox, comes out and is just blowing people away. He's they, ERA plus is two nineteen. He struck out ninety seven people in sixty six innings. Um, he's walking. He's striking out thirteen point one people per nine, which is number one in baseball. Um, his ERA is one eight nine. It's just his WHIP is point eight four. I mean, the dude is just. Staying healthy too. He's he's you know he's made all the starts, which is uh, had probably been his biggest problem overall. So uh, my coolest thing this week is the continued emergence of Carlos Rodon. Sweet. And I think that's all I have. He's really fun to pitch with in the the show, dude. He, and he's just a lefty. He's a crafty lefty. He's great. And he's got he's great. Ever since his no no, they made him amazing. Well, I mean, ever since his no, I think we all realize like he's amazing. So, um. And I think that's all we have for you this week. Um, Follow us along. We'll be tweeting from our Twitter. We have a, we made we made like most of the stuff. There's a Twitter. Um, it's on. We're on Spotify. We're on um, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. And um, and we'll you know probably realize the other things that we're not on, and we'll try and get on those things. Twitter is at Boys Oaktown. Couldn't get at Oaktown Boys, of course. We're gonna have to find that person in strong arm and giving it to us. But in the meantime, it is Boys Oaktown at Boys Oaktown. And, um... Yeah, so follow us along during the week, and then we'll catch you next week. Sounds good.